Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. I had one funny thing that happened because someone did know who I was on the flight where I fell asleep and uh, I woke up and I checked Twitter and I found out that they had posted a photo with me sleeping with my mouth like open and my tongue basically out. And uh, ah. they saw that I saw and neither of us mentioned it for the rest of the flight. We just acted like it didn't happen just because it's like, what were we going to do? Also, I didn't mind. I thought it was hilarious. All right, put your seat in the upright position. Lift up those tray tables. We got a new Fanatics podcast for you. Hi, I'm one of your co-hosts, David Magadoff, and my even more beautiful, ravishing, fantastic, and clear as a bell on her beautiful microphone co-host is... That's me, Claire Kramer. <laughs> you know, my name does mean clear. Claire means clear. Oh, yes. well, you sound so wonderful and clear. It all makes sense I now. Do. It's finally coming together. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, hi, David. Hi, Claire. How are you? Oh, my gosh. I'm ready to uh, to go on this beautiful flight today of a podcast. I really cracked up at this one. This was a fun conversation. I mean, we could have probably kept talking about this. I kept wanting to like project my own personal experiences onto Caleb, but <laughs> I tried to refrain for the most part. Well, he had so many good ones of his own. That's the thing. It's Caleb worthy, everybody we have on today. You know him probably as Des from the hit show Austin and Alley, but you also know him from Hulu's The Act, American Vandal, The Thinning, and the movie The Corporate Animals. This guy is a dear friend. He's also someone who is incredibly talented and incredibly kind and was able to share with us today. So fun. His love of talking to people on airplanes. Getting to know his neighbor on the airplane journeys. He loves people so much that he just constantly wants to meet people. And it's great. And I met him, by the way. I was doing Austin and Alley. I did an episode that he wrote. And I think I'm a product of Calum's kindness because he does like to get to know people. I could have just been someone on a show and left, but we got really friendly because he was such a chit-chatty guy. And it was an episode he wrote, and I played this alien, and I had these amazing special effects, and it was so cool and so fun. And my head exploded. It was amazing. And uh, we just kept in touch. And you'll hear I've, I've done an improv show about his life, all sorts of things. He is so kind and so great that this did not surprise me at all that this was something he loved. 
He's a friend, a friendly f- flyer. I can't even say that. A friendly flyer. Because it's hard to be a friendly flyer, Claire. You know what I <laughs> a mean? A frequent friendly flyer. And he is. He's someone who it surprises. It surprises you because I think naturally we all want to kind of close up. But he wants to open up on the plane. And why don't you just enjoy this right now as he opens up about why he loves to talk to people on planes? Caleb, I got a plane question just to start us off. When you are sitting in your seat on a plane, yes. do you, like me and hopefully I think everyone else, are you fixated on whatever movie the person in front of you is watching? <laughs> yes. And it's it's weird because there's movies I've said that I've seen when I've really just watched them through the other person's monitor. <laughs> With no audio. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I've said, I'm like, I love that movie, I think. But I really didn't know because I was actually just watching the other person's screen. But you put you made you put words to it. We've seen enough American cinema that we have a basic gist of what the tentpole arcs of a story are, and we're like, yeah, that's what John Krasinski's doing right there. And sure, yeah, I, absolutely, I've I've seen that movie. You can definitely yeah, figure now it out. Now he's running in the rain. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. But actually, aside from watching movies over people's shoulders, which is a little creepy, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> you're kind of fanatical about getting to know the people you sit on the plane with, right? I love it. It's one of my favorite things. Okay. I find planes very interesting because everyone's coming from someplace. Everyone's going somewhere. Everyone has a story. And uh, once you sit down next to somebody, you just say, hey, where are you going? And they they just dive into a store and you can talk for three hours at times and just not stop. And people really open up their hearts and and tell you about what's going on. Some people are going to uh, something tragic. Some people are going to a new job opportunity, seeing family they haven't seen in a long time. I love it. It's a way to connect with a human that you'll never see again in a very wonderful way. What's your opener when you sit down and, and you first, you know, you haven't spoken yet to your seatmate? Uh, if I'm on the inside, like if I'm not on the aisle, my first yeah, line is... Yeah, because it probably changes for each thing. I have so does. many questions. This is the best topic ever. Right. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> if I'm like on a window the window seat, I say, I'm so sorry I've had to go to the bathroom throughout the flight. And uh, that's my opener. That's a good opener. Yeah. And if you're on the aisle? I say, I hope you don't have to go to the bathroom because I won't let you out. <laughs> a bit of a, a bit of a threat. And then what is your, what's your general like next step? It's it's almost like I'm getting dating advice here from you, Calum. <laughs> it, it's, it, it's, it's a, it's a version of, it's a version of dating for sure. It's a, it's like new friend dating. Uh-huh. I just ask where they're going, where they're coming from, and what why they're on this plane. Because no one's on a plane for no reason. Like, people end up at a mall because they just had nothing to do. No one's ever like, oh, I was bored today, so I ended up on a flight across the Atlantic. Everyone's always going with a purpose. So everyone does, once you say where you're going, uh, that usually just brings out a whole narrative. It's like mm-hmm. a hero's journey. This isn't a casual thing. Everyone is all of a sudden having a purposeful moment, a journey, a goal from here to there. And you're like, I want to know. Yes. I love this. What I also love, too, is you have to get along. Because sometimes people might have different perspectives on things, different political beliefs. But you're also stuck in this tube launching through the sky and you can't leave. So you kind of just have no choice but to get along. And I, I do kind of love that. I find planes a weird social experiment anyway, because there's a bunch of people. There's like 200 people on a flight. None of us know how we're up there and how we're not falling down, except for the two people at the front. And uh, we also know that we're all a little bit worried about if anything bad happened. Like the emergency row for me is funny because 
if I'm in the middle seat and the person next to me says, yes, I will open up that door. I'm like, I hope you do. Cause I, I know personally, I don't think I have it in me to do it. So whenever I've said yes, I'm kind of lying a little bit because I think I'm the person that would freak out and have a panic attack and maybe not reach for it. So I'm always relying on the people around me. Where did it start, Calum? I got to start with that. I have always loved flying. I've always loved the process. I love that you only have the things that you have with you in that in that moment in time. Uh, you can't just go get new things. You have to be you have to kind of prepare so everyone has their stuff. Uh, and if, they, if someone doesn't have something, you have to share. So I've always loved it ever since I was a kid. And I think I've always just ever since I was yeah, a kid, just like sitting next to like adults saying, hey, where are you coming from? Are you on a business trip? And just kind of acting like an adult next to them. Mm, that's the crux for me. It's that what you just said. Yeah. You started as a kid and it was a fun way to be like, we are all equal here. I am in my seat. You are to my left or to my right. Yes. I'm not, I'm an, I'm kind of an adult now. I remember flying for the first time when I was 12. When were you flying for the first time by yourself? For the first time by myself, I was probably, by myself, I was probably like 16 or 17, but I always wanted to be 30. So I remember when I was flying at that point, because I used to fly because I was as for, as for acting jobs and stuff, you had to fly somewhere and I would uh, like bring a newspaper on the flight because I wanted to look like I'd read the New York Times all the time. So I'd seem like an equal to whoever was next to me. And uh, I would also like like to not like dress up, but I would like to like wear nice clothes on planes as well, just to kind of feel like an adult. Uh, I ditched that now. Now I just wear a hoodie and and shorts. But I I used to really want to seem like an equal to the other people on the plane. Well, there is something about like being in a situation where you're you're anonymous. You know what I mean? No one knows you no, unless you're recognizable enough. You know, like you know, William Shatner and he hops on a plane, but you know, you're anonymous. You can almost tell any story. You are trustworthy, like a therapist a little bit because people pretty much can assume they're never going to see you again, you know, unless there's that active participation and exchanging numbers and, and emails or whatever. So what, what do you find freeing about that situation? That it's a brand new friend. I feel like uh, once we become adults, it's so hard to meet new people. You kind of meet people at a party, but maybe only talk to them for about 10 minutes and then you move on to the next person. It's weird to, to sit down with a stranger for two hours and just dive right in. And that's one of the few situations where you actually can do that. So what is the craziest like thing someone has either confessed or told you about or shared with you? Like, is anything, does anything like stick out as like, wow, that was like really intense? Yeah. there. I mean, people, if someone's going to something like a, a funeral or something, someone will talk about the person that they lost and they really, they really, you know, hand over their, their heart and soul to me. And it's, it's, it's tragic that they're going through that, but also wonderful that they're so open about it. And it's almost like, because I'm a stranger, they feel like they can just talk about anything. Uh, there's some funny stories. I I had one funny thing that happened because someone did know who I was on the flight where I fell asleep and uh, I woke up and I checked Twitter and I found out that they had posted a photo with me sleeping with my mouth like open and my tongue basically out. And uh, ah. they saw that I saw and neither of us mentioned it for the rest of the flight. We just acted like it didn't happen just because it's like, what were we going to do? Also, I didn't mind. I thought it was hilarious. One, it takes a good person like you to to laugh that off because some other people out there like a Kanye is probably not loving it. But no, <laughs> you're saying on the flight you were getting Wi-Fi. You were looking at your phone and you saw that they had posted on Twitter. Were they sitting right next to you? Right next to me. And they tagged me. <laughs> 
with the balls on I know. them. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> and I kind of respected that. And I love you saw it too. And I love you both didn't talk about it. And they didn't choose to wait. Because I would have thought if I had done that, I'll wait till we wait. get the flight. They didn't. And I thought that's a person that I like. I like that because that they're making <laughs> all the decisions I would not make. And that fascinates me. I love that you're cool with it, man. That shows how cool of a guy you are. <laughs> I would have been, I literally, because I would have been next to them, I would. I think I would have just been like, hey, man, like, <laughs> what's up? Would you, Claire, wouldn't you have said something? Claire and I would have said something. I don't, probably. I mean, I don't know. It's hard to say. It's hard to say. But I do think it's, there is something really interesting about being having that anonymity of not being amongst your own friends, your own family. So have you ever felt, I mean, obviously people feel like they can open up to you. Have you opened up to your seatmate or your aisle mate? Absolutely. About anything? Yeah, no, I, I've I've received dating advice. I've received advice around how to spend more time with my family in a more meaningful way. I've really had some meaningful conversations with people. Uh and it's wonderful because it's also advice from someone that you you don't know and you would never have normally ever met this person. And they might just give you a bit of wisdom that almost you could, I kind of feel like Forrest Gump in a way, like you kind of meet these people along the way and they kind of guide you in the right direction. And so what is your feeling after one of these conversations when you get off the plane and you're like, bye, are you like, let's stay in touch? Are you like, I may never see you again? That was a moment in time, sort of like a wrinkle in time. You know, what is your sort of philosophy about that connection? I have a hard time saying goodbye. So I like to pretend like I think we'll stay in touch, uh, even though they're in Idaho and I'm in LA, but I feel like somehow we'll get together at some point. Uh, so I usually exchange like an email with them. And that's usually the last email I ever send to them. And that's the last email they ever send to me. <laughs> <laughs> Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. It's all a lighthearted nightmare on our podcast, Morbid. We're your hosts. I'm Alina Urquhart. And I'm Ash Kelly. And our show is part true crime, part spooky, and part comedy. The stories we cover are well-researched. He claimed and confessed to officially killing up to 28 people. With a touch of humor. I'd just like sure. to go ahead and say that if there's no band called Malevolent Deity, that is pretty great. A dash of sarcasm and just garnished a bit with a little bit of cursing. This mother lied like a liar like a liar and if you're a weirdo like us and love to cozy up to a creepy tale of the paranormal or you love to hop in the way back machine and dissect the details of some of history's most notorious crimes you should tune in to our podcast morbid follow morbid on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen to episodes early and ad free by joining wondery plus in the wondery app or on apple podcasts have there have you ever made a a friend like has there ever been one person yeah who you've kept in touch there's with? one person i kept in touch with i remember i was in uh i was flying to new york and i had to do some press and so they had a car that was picking me up and this person was running late because they missed a flight and they got on this flight and they were they were panicked about getting to this meeting and we were going to the same part of town so i said hey jump in the car and so we not only had the flight we also had like the like getting our luggage we had the uh the whole the whole trip throughout new york in the car 
and uh and we we still keep in touch once in a while like once in a while we will send each other a text or, or an email and check in to see how, how each other's doing does he know you're an actor and goes hey man i'm seeing your stuff or does he still have no idea that you're someone who he could i don't think it ever came up television no i don't think it ever came up i think That's he just great. yeah or he just didn't like anything i've ever been in mm, definitely that <laughs> yeah. one Definitely that. <laughs> Have you ever been on a flight and you're just like, I don't feel like conversing today and you just like lock it down? For sure. Yeah, there's there's times where you just don't feel like it. I also sleep very well on flights, which is also like I love I do love flights at night because it's just like 200 people on, again, one flying tube all taking a giant nap together. And the people you sit next to, you're like, well, I guess we'll be <laughs> kind of sleeping on each other's shoulders likely at some point. And uh, and everyone's just fine with it and acts like it's normal. It's not normal. We're like 30,000 feet in the air taking a giant adult nap. And so I so I do sleep well on flights. So I, I notice that uh, sometimes I just I just need to, to take a to take a nap instead. But I've also I drink a lot of coffee and I've had moments where I've because I can drink coffee and then sleep really well. So there's been there's been two times where I've fallen asleep with like a full cup of coffee and I wake up and all of it's on my lap. And one of the per- one time the person was like, hey, I saw it happening, but you were just so peaceful. I just thought, look, it already happened. What's this going to do? It's not going to change the, the outcome. Right. Don't wake them now. No, yeah. <laughs> no. Just let them be. I am also part of that population that can drink a cup of coffee and go to sleep. Yeah, what's with that? <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm totally fine with that. I think it's because I'm perpetually exhausted. Yes, <laughs> I think I am as well. <laughs> She's got four kids, Caleb. She's she she can take a nap on a dime. Um, I have no excuse. Are you are you are you disappointed if they don't engage? Yes. Are you like, yeah? Oh yeah. Sorry to cut you off there, but the answer is yes. No. Uh, I, yeah. Sometimes you really want to engage. Like if you're if you're uh, feeling talkative, especially if you haven't talked to anybody that day. Like if you're traveling from somewhere and you haven't really spent any time with anybody. Yeah, I'm in the mood to socialize, and I want to get to know them. How much of this plays into your like character research uh, and the fact that like as an oh. as an actor as an artist we are constantly studying humans you know that's our craft is is recreating emotions and how much of that plays into this sort of obsession with speaking to people on the plane it really plays into it. I'm a very social person anyway. Like I love meeting new friends, but uh, that definitely plays a huge component. And there are times I've noticed things in people that I do using characters later on. Like there's certain things that mm-hmm. the way people say things or the way people describe things. When you're sitting next to somebody and you talk for about an hour, the things they choose to bring up says a lot about them. Do you ever share earbuds with someone and watch a movie? I have. Yeah. 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 Yes. And I think it's because someone did it for me once and I was just always so grateful because it was a very long flight and I forgot them that uh, anytime someone doesn't, I say, hey, do you want to want to jump in? And then when they say no, I'm a little disappointed because usually it's yeah. the secret thing is, is I actually wanted to watch it with somebody. <laughs> oh. It was a self-fulfilling. Yes. Ask. Yeah. Yes. Um, so what about if someone is shutting down? What about if they're not like reciprocating in the conversation? How many tries? You know, I mean, for me, David mentioned I have kids as a mother. I'm being shut down all the time with my kids and I just keep going in, keep diving in. How how much do you keep going in with those people before you're just like, 
All right. Yeah. Do you have a second run? Do you like give it a second shot or are you like, no, I, I see they're already closed off. Yeah. There's two, there's two opportunities. The first one is uh, when you're, before the you've taken off. bathroom thing. There's also that too. Yeah. The first yeah. one's like before takeoff. And then once you're in the air and you can take your seatbelt off, that's the moment you kind of unwind and check in to see if they're now game. And if they're not at that point, they're not going to be for the rest of the flight. Mm-hmm. And you have, uh, it's your girlfriend, correct? I do have a girlfriend. Yeah. She's yes. wonderful. Getting all um, personal, David. No, oh. <laughs> no, I I've performed a show where I was Calum. It was an improv show, and and your girlfriend, and we did your making love story. Is this the same girlfriend? It's, we can cut all this out, by the no, way. No, it's okay, the same good. girlfriend. And I have to tell you, that's one of the the most amazing moments in our relationship. It was so wonderful, and it was such a huge gift that we are forever grateful. And we bring it up in conversation. I'd say at least twice a month. And I'm not exaggerating. Wow. It meant so much to us. It was so cool. It was such a cool way. Should we explain what this was? Um, I, sure. I, there's basically, I, I I do a musical improv show where I take uh, real couples' lives and we perform them on stage. And so, Caleb, you and your girlfriend, we did your guys' uh, love story and it was beautiful. Your parents were there too. I brought my adorable. parents, yeah. And they loved it as well. It was so amazing and beautiful and i just can't thank you enough for that it was it was truly a very special gift you're very welcome when she is on the plane with you is she like uh caleb stop talking to that guy or is she totally engaging too she she's very social as well she'll engage she will engage and there are times where if she wants to like me where if i if i am not in the mood i will just shut out and 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 shut out the rest of the world. There was one time though that I was asleep for this, but we were on a flight. She was in the aisle seat, I was in the the window seat, and um, the flight attendant was bringing the, the the drinks down, and I was asleep for all of this. So I only woke up for the aftermath. The flight attendant had something going on. I think she was sick. There was something going down, and she looked over at my girlfriend the way that everyone on the plane described it to me is she looked over my girlfriend and said, do you want, and then looked the other way to avoid throwing up on my girlfriend and threw up all over the other person on the other side of the aisle, all over her. Oh. And this is the beginning of like a an East Coast to West Coast flight. Ooh. It was horrible. And- What happened? My girlfriend- Did they have, an, did they have extra clothes? They did. Yeah, ah. they gave her everything. It was amazing. They were amazing. I can't remember which airline, but whoever it was handled it very well. I have to say I have no complaints. And it's just one of those things. I don't even know what I would do in that situation if I was that the, the flight attendant. So I, I have no no hard feelings anyway. But uh, it was amazing how quickly they just like dealt with it. I think I was on a flight once where someone died. Oh, no. Wow. I think. But they obviously kept it way under wraps. But it was uh, from... I think it was it was either coming or going from Europe, like one of those 12 oh, wow. hour long haul flights and something bad happened. I don't know. I don't anyway, know. I didn't try to talk. To like it wasn't me trying to talk to that person that killed them. <laughs> it, was, it was something completely different. Uh, <laughs> by but, by okay. hour 10, you would have figured out the smell. You'd be like, nope, someone there is a cadaver on the plane. This isn't good. <laughs> Well, they like ripped the curtains shut for the back galley and like no one then all those bathrooms were inaccessible the rest of like the next eight hours. You know, everybody was trying to use the middle bathrooms and the front bathrooms. So, I I mean, it was intense. Anyway, that's another podcast. Oh, um, <laughs> Are either of you afraid of flying? Do you have any fears around flying? I grew up, my mom grew up on an airport 
and my parents both flew and my uncles are pilots. And so I've always just, and when we would go on family vacations, we'd go in a little Cessna. Oh, so wow. That's amazing. Not afraid Claire of Claire is recording this from a plane right now. I'm in that's a plane. That's good right. the Wi-Fi. <laughs> I'm actually in that starship right there. That's so cool. Hold on though. Why did you why did you ask that? I'm curious, Caleb. Uh I was just I'm always curious because I'm not afraid of flying. I'm, I'm not afraid of flying at all. I'm afraid of the drive to the airport because everyone says, you know, you're more likely to die on the way to the airport than on the flight. So now I'm just terrified oh. of flying to the airport because it sounds like the odds really? are against me at that point. But once I'm on the flight, I feel like I have no fear at that point. It feels like it's so it's so safe. So this is a really good thing you brought up. The idea of like you're being afraid to get to the airport, which is an interesting topic in all itself. Is there like what would you say the why is then as far as why you talk to people on the plane? Do you think there's a little bit of anxiety? It's I always like to know why we do the things we do. Yes. Do you think there's a little bit of anxiety why you want to keep talking? Because then it reminds you, okay, if I keep talking, then I don't have to think about being 35,000 feet in the air. Yeah, I think because there are moments that you do get a little bit scared, like if there's turbulence or something, you're kind of just in it together and you look to the person next to you and that's that's your lifeline. Also, probably seeing loss too. Maybe I just want to like, I'm like, well, look, if we go down on an island, I want everyone to know that like, I'm pretty cool. So you should like maybe give me some of the supplies as well. <laughs> no, the, the lost is like one thing, but the real bad movie is the one where they have to start like eating the dead bodies. Yes, a lot. Based on a true story. <laughs> Might I add? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Live. Yeah. Yeah. Not a good one to, you know, go to bed with. Because even if you survive it, whoa. Even if you survive and then you survive the survival, like you come out of it and you've got to be like, yeah, I ate, I ate my friend. Yeah, Steve. <laughs> like to stay alive. That's weird. It's weird. Like It's weird it's for people weird. to know that about you. It's yeah. And there's no escaping it because it's public knowledge. That's like a brand that, you know, okay, speaking of, so I'm sure you have some weird oddities about you, Caleb. Do you tell people that you're sitting next to? Do you say like, here's, you know, here's a little insight into me. I really love X or I really, I went through this one experience. Oh yeah. No, I'll, I'll completely open up to them. Because I well, do open feel up like to it's us. A, Tell us something. Sh- sure. Oh, sure. <laughs> Tell us about an experience with with on a flight where you opened up and what happened. Yeah, I once uh, I once got really great relationship advice, and I was this is a, a a previous relationship I was in, and I um I didn't know what to do, and I'm I'm pretty sure the person on that flight actually kind of convinced me that I just needed to accept that it was over, and I remember crying and being very emotional throughout the whole experience, and they just really were very comforting and were very kind, and I I. I ended up breaking up with the person like later that week. So I feel like it might have been oh God, it might have been that. It was like point. kismet that you were sitting next to that person. Yeah. Through that. Yeah. And I think, again, it's also you get a new perspective of someone that you just would never have normally gotten that from. Mm-hmm. I bet that was such a great experience, Calum, because I love that. And that you probably kind of have that in your heart, probably, as you continue talking to people. Right. This idea sure. that, hey, someone really affected me in a, such a positive way and helped change my life for the better. Yeah. I wonder how much of that is you trying to kind of pay it forward. I bet there is a piece of that. Yeah. I've also like, I mean, I've lost people and then had to fly back for funerals back to Canada. And uh, it's whenever someone's like, why are you going back? I'm I'm very quick to just be like, oh, it's for this reason. And it's amazing how quickly they tell me about something that's happened to them recently where they go into it. They go into someone that uh, talk about someone they lost or, or went and go into a, uh, some issues they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. You know, a little vulnerability can go a long way. Yeah. Welcome to Pura. 
the most pristine, safe, climate-stable city on Earth. A haven amidst the wreckage. Here, you're safe from heat domes, superstorms, water bandits in the Outer Lands. There's no crime in Pura. No murder, no suicide. And best of all, there's no cost to join us. In Pura, we promise to keep you safe. They killed her! You took everything! In a world that doesn't feel so safe anymore, we're waiting for you. Here, in Pura. The Last City is a new scripted audio drama from Wondery. Enjoy The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City right now, ad-free, on Wondery Plus. Get started with your free trial at wondery.com slash plus. Hey, it's Guy Raz here, the host of How I Built This, a podcast that gives you a front-row seat to how some of the biggest products were built and the innovators, entrepreneurs, and idealists behind them. Every week, I speak to someone new, stories like Justin Wolverton's, a lawyer who just wanted a healthy alternative to ice cream, so he created Halo Top in his Cuisinart. Or Todd Graves, who grew his fried chicken restaurant Raising Cane's into one of the most successful fast food chains in the U.S. All of these great conversations can help you learn how to think big, take risks, and navigate crises in life and work from people who've done all of that and more. Follow How I Built This on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to How I Built This early and ad-free right now on Wondery Plus. When you're sitting in the middle seat, yes, and there's someone to the left that you just kind of started chatting with, but then there's someone to the right that you just started chatting with, how do you ping pong or do you try to get them all together in a threesome, so to speak? <laughs> I try to uh, I try to exclude one just so we can pick favorites and create a little drama within our seats. No, I'm kidding. I don't do that. Uh, no, I do. I do try to include everybody. But it's funny, you know, if you if you sit in the middle, I find that usually one person that just doesn't want to talk and one person that's very talkative. Like statistically speaking, that's how it's going to go. I don't expect uh-huh. everyone to be in, involved in this. I've also had uh, I've had people like lean over from the other side and join in. <laughs> I remember oh. uh, some, of, some of this documentary they were watching about religion and uh, they were just talking about how they're not too sure if we should even believe in anything. And I thought, well, that's a topic. And uh, the person on the other side had a lot of opinions and they like switched groups and came over to our group and really dove in about religion. And it was wonderful. I don't think we solved anything, but I'm glad I brought it up. I felt like I created a little bit of a little bit of drama on the flight. I wish you would have at the end, you're like, and yeah, we had a pretty good understanding of Calvinism. <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking of which, once they, when they survived, they didn't have to tell everybody that they ate their buddies. Like they could have just lied. Right. They could, they, they could have just had a pack to keep that quiet. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, do you think they all were like, hey, just when we get picked up, like maybe we shouldn't tell them that we all like ate our friends. Right. And then one person was like, I- I'm getting a book deal. I guess like the cleanup crew, you know, probably like. Oh, yeah. Th- that's that's the thing. They would have been like, hey, I think you ate people. <laughs> right. Like, there's, I mean, oh, my gosh, that is some serious like that. That's a consequence of flying that I hope to never have happened to me. Yeah. Um. All right. What are what are some of the do's and don'ts of being a good neighbor on an airplane oh. a good seatmate a good seatmate like uh always if you're in the aisle you just have to be ready to jump up if someone has to go to the bathroom 
Again, I drink a lot of coffee, make a lot of make a lot of stops along the way. If you're on the Windows seat, I think you should be open to what everyone else wants for a view. If everyone wants a little bit of light to look out, you should respect that. Uh, and if you're in the middle, you have to uh, you have to be the, the middle person. You got to be really accommodating to both sides. And also mm-hmm. with your arms, not take up both armrests. Just pick one. How do you decide who gets the armrest? Well, I'm very concerned about other people. So I just, mm-hmm. I, if need be, I just won't take any armrest. But if someone, if I notice wow. someone leaving me one, I'll take the hint. How do you yeah. feel about socks and shoes on airplanes? Keep them on. I'm the exact same keep way. On. Keep them on. Even on the long haul flights, like keep them on your feet. Don't yep. don't go to the bathroom in your socks. That's gross. Yes. Don't go to the back of the room without shoes on. That's gross. Like if you're in first class and you can lay down, fine. Take them off. Cover your feet up with a blanket. That's the but, trick. You know, don't leave them exposed for everyone to see and smell. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm okay with socks. You're okay with socks, but not unsocking. No. Or desocking, I guess it is. If you got sandals on, then you've already you I mean you've already made a statement. But it's a huge I'm okay statement. with socks. It is. I, I'm kind of like you. I used to dress up. I flew a lot, you know, yeah. growing up. Um, and when I went to college, I flew back and forth from New York to Ohio a lot. That was not too bad of a flight. And I used to dress up a lot. And by dressing up, I used to get upgraded to first class a lot, Ooh. you know. But never. I don't think I've ever flown in flip-flops even now. I don't think I've ever flown in, like, sandals. Because I'm also, like, thinking of the worst-case scenario. If we do go down... I don't want flip-flops on my feet. I want something like right. substantial that I can <laughs> that I stand a chance in. You also, know? Also, you could be on the news and like you want to look good. If you're if Wolf <laughs> right. Blitzer's like, about to Maybe they want to interview you. me after I save everyone. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be holding a pillow at that point. <laughs> right. No. <laughs> that you brought well, from what home. about a water landing? Oh, that's true. That's true. Oh, that's actually a great point. Yeah. I guess Dang, it depends guys. on how you're like what what is underneath you when you're flying. That actually might change the way I wear my shoes. Because you're right. Flip-flops then might not be a bad idea. Yeah. Fly to Hawaii, wear your, wear your sandals. Yeah. I don't know. Well, the, the, we, we can table the flip-flop debate, but I'm still going to go with hard soles. <laughs> are, are you um, a, I, I don't know if you're a alcohol consumer in life or if you are also or not an alco- uh, alcohol consumer on a plane, but... That adds a whole new element it of craziness. It really does. It really does. I mean, the, those people, the, I have flown with a lot of people who start drinking. They will drink whatever time of day at yeah. 6 a.m., yeah. oh, you know, yeah. noon. I'm like, how are you doing that? Yes. <laughs> yes. It's an all bets are off thing. It's sort of what Kalen was saying. Yeah, but it's you like, land eventually. Too. And then you've got to deal with experiment. the fact that you're drunk in the middle of the day. But people who don't think of that way. They just think I, I'm on this Right, Caleb. I think people think it's like a start of a vacation, like the beginning of a of a little a little vacay. Even if they're on a work trip, I've been next to people that are taking doubles, and they're like, "Oh, I have to go to a meeting later in New York," and I'm like, "How? Yeah, how are you I talking mean, to I, me now?" No, I, and like I go to LAX, I take a lot of early flights too, and I'll go and like people are lining up at the bar for Bloody Marys and beers at six a.m. Yes, yes, I did have one one guy recently that I had a funny experience where uh, he. In the overhead compartment, he put a, a suitcase up there. And uh, the first gentleman got up, took the bag down, and he started walking off, and it was the wrong bag. And the guy behind him said, excuse me, sir, that's my bag. You shouldn't take other people's bags. And 
so then, but it's just a silver bag. And, and he, so the guy was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I, th- I thought it was mine. It was, it was on the other side. And then the guy that yelled at the other person went to get his second bag. And I realized it was my bag and he was walking out with my bag. And I went, excuse me, sir, you really shouldn't take other people's bags. <laughs> and I've never seen karma work that fast before. That's crazy. Yeah. Calum Worthy, this has been a tremendously wonderful conversation. I love it. And I love you. Wonderful love letter. We end every podcast with a love letter. And we love to begin our love letters with dear. So from you, dear the topic. Yeah. And then love, Calum. Uh, Dear people on planes, I love the fact that uh, we stick a bunch of strangers in this metal tube, put them up in, in, in the sky. And people, for the most part, really get along. Sometimes you see videos of people fighting, but that's actually very rare. Most flights, everyone's very nice to each other. They really get along. And uh, we're so divided in so many ways. But for some reason, we all are stuck together in this one metal tube for two hours, 12 hours, however long it is. And we actually get along and we cooperate. Uh, And I really love that. And I hope that that can be brought down onto land as well. Love it. Thank you. You landed that plane. That was beautiful. I'm still amazed about the guy who tweeted right next to him about him. <laughs> that, you know, I mean, God bless him. He saw a moment and he took it, you know. I think it was, I think I'm more surprised that he got in a picture with a sleeping Caleb than the fact that he tweeted it. I'm not really that surprised he tweeted it. I'm more surprised that he uh, hopped in the photo with him. The bar um, is low for for humanity. I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, the bar is the bar. The bar is low. The entertainment, as you're as he liked to say, when you're in a flying tube, you know, entertainment is limited, especially if that Wi-Fi is down, which has happened to me recently. Especially if they can't get that, you know, and they reset the Wi-Fi, they make those announcements. Oh. We're sorry, the captain has informed us, you know, that he is trying to reset the Wi-Fi, so everyone and then people are freaking out it's on their laptops. Cause. I have sat next to some really interesting people on flights. One really stands out. I sat next to this guy and I kid you not, I kid you not, he had been struck by lightning twice, not once, twice, and lived and was like no visible, you know, scars. He lived. He seemed normal, talked normal, no weird lisp. Yes, yes. It was amazing. That's one of the most significant flights that I've that I remember, you know, the guy and I did exchange. I'm also like Caleb. I exchange numbers then that I never see him or talk to him again. How did that come up, Claire? Ah, uh, you know, we were I think we were having some in-flight adult beverages, just mm. chatting away and 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 I was aisle, he was middle. Person next to me was window who was also engaged in the conversation. And it was just like he just shared it. I've been struck by lightning twice. And I was like, that's incredible. And then I had to hear the full story the first time and then the full story the second time, both of which are incredible, both of which I do not have time to tell you right now, David. So another time I will 
share that story. I look forward to it. I, you even calling these people story. window and aisle and middle is hilarious. It reminds me of the Seinfeld episode when Elaine is really angry at vegetable lasagna next to yeah. her. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that, but she just calls them vegetable lasagna the whole time. I do. The other thing that that I wanted to bring up, and now Caleb, he, he said, you know, people just don't just fly places because they're bored. You know, they don't just hop on a plane. Not true. Mm. Not true. If you follow the points guy, I don't know how into clipping coupons and saving stuff you are. I'm all about the points. Um, Give it to me. Okay, so well, the points guy, it's all about maximizing those like reward programs. You know what I mean? And sometimes you're in a situation where you need to accrue a certain amount of miles before your other miles either expire or you need to take a flight. So sometimes people, yes, maybe not me, maybe me, have been known <laughs> to take a short flight. <laughs> To to ensure Sacramento. that they either don't lose miles or that they accrue to the next level to hit that gold, you know, platinum status. Because I like my platinum status. I'm not going to lie. Like, there's something very, very nice about not having to pay for upgrades, about not having to pay for your bags, about getting the respect of a frequent flyer. Mm. Well, <laughs> so, whoever that, whoever those people are, Claire. Right. I think they're doing some pretty cool, good things. Uh, those people Whoever are doing God's are. work in the, right up there <laughs> in the air, David. <laughs> uh, and you guys are doing God's work by listening to this podcast. Thank you for uh, enjoying with us. Uh, please, of course, like and subscribe and follow and every other verb that we use in podcast world if you're enjoying it. Tell a friend. Send them a letter about it. Guys, uh, until next week, we've been Claire and David. You've been you. And uh, keep doing God's work. Do it. Guys, before we let you go, I need to tell you about something very special and exciting. Next week begins our very special fanatic series following Dexter Newblood because Guys, I was on Dexter Newblood, as you know, and I made some friends, so I'm having them all onto the podcast. Yes, Claire and I get to deep dive with each and every member of the cast about the things that they're fanatical about, starting with Mr. Michael C. Hall himself next week. And he loves, get this, Chip Gaines. Yes, Mr. Fixer Upper himself. Michael's a huge fanatic about Chip, and you get to hear all about it. And... Be sure to be ready for every episode dropping at a new time. Mondays, we're doing Monday drops the day after Dexter airs because we're doing a recap at the beginning of every episode. So we get a recap. We get a deep dive with the cast member. It's a smorgasbord of fanatics happiness. So join us for the Dexter episodes this upcoming Monday. Thank you for listening to Fanatics, a Roddenberry podcast. For more episodes and info, head over to wearefanatics.com or tweet your fanatics thoughts and stories at wearefanatics. Yes, that's we are F-A-N-A-D-D-I-C-T-S. Our show is hosted by Claire Kramer and me, David Magadoff. Produced by me, Claire Kramer, and Kelsey Goldberg. Executive producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry. Our sound engineer and editor is Elizabeth Joy Windham. And you can thank Stephen Mudd for our theme song. Catch us next Thursday for another Fanatics episode. Window, middle, or the aisle. I want to talk to you for a while. We'll 
take a nap together in the sky And I promise I won't eat you if we die Don't make promises you can't keep, David.